As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. I hope all is well on your side of the world and the week has been good to you. On this side of the world, all has been pretty good and the week has been pretty busy. I'm sorry that I was late that to put out this week's episode as it was just really a busy time dealing with clients. And then also, uh, we were preparing for our annual professional development day at the college, which took place yesterday. And it was a, it, it was a, a success. It was the first time since February 2020 that we were having the professional day in person, and it just seems that everybody was just happy to be able to do this type of an event in person without the separation of Zoom or Teams or technology. It was good to just be around each other. Before I continue to continue to talk about the professional development day and today's topic, I wanted to once again say a quick shout out to our friends in the United Kingdom and India. Um, I definitely see you and I see that you're tuning in. And once again, we welcome you to the Second Chance family. Continue to be on this journey with us and, and give us your feedback. As all of us, as all of you, I'd love your feedback. And, but thank you to our friends in the UK and India for joining us and continue to stay on this journey with us. Back to the Professional Development Day. I was excited and privileged that I had the opportunity to present two seminars, um, both of which I co-presented with wonderful friends and colleagues. One that teaches English and the other that teaches in the education pathway. You know, first I presented with Dr. Billy Jones, who teaches in the English department. On Really, we talked about the dynamics on how to create a podcast, such a production such as what you're listening to right now. My friend Dr. Jones hosts his own podcast, which is, he has two podcasts, which is called Fright Talk and Everyday Folks Radio, which can be found on Apple Podcast and most podcast platforms like this, like this podcast can be found. I then presented with Dr. Richard Polito, who teaches in our teacher education program, and we presented on the process of making the decision to obtain one's doctorate degree and what that journey would be like in getting your doctorate. Uh, a lot of times, you know, one could get so caught up in their everyday functions, and, you know, that, that there's not always a great deal of time to connect with the folks across the college you get along with. You see each other on Zoom meetings, see their names in emails and emails and Microsoft Teams, and I can tell you in both of those presentations, and just the day all the way around the board, even when we had community time day, almost like a community bonding time, the professional development day not only serves as an opportunity to learn new skill sets amongst colleagues to see what their talent, what their gifts and talents are in and reinforce what we do at work, 
But it, it also shared our expertise, you know, in, in those different skill sets, in those different arenas. It allowed us to get together with people that we get along with, but we really don't often see. And obviously, it gave us the opportunity to be, continue to build those sustainable relationships with them. Now, as, as it pertains to relationships, a week and a half ago, one, uh, one of my day one best friends from elementary school, we're like little kids, he celebrated his 52nd birthday, and he had a family dinner at a local restaurant here in South Florida. But because I work at my evening job on Sunday evening, I was unable to attend the event. And um, believe me, we'll have to make up that dinner, that get-together another time soon. But I really hated to have missed his dinner because as much as I need to work, my choice would have been to kick it with him and his family rather than be at work. So with that said, you're probably saying then, Richard, you say you'd rather be at the dinner, you'd rather be kicking it with your friends, then why didn't you go? And that particular night, I was covering for another guy at work who wanted to take his son, who he had who he had weekend visitation with, you know, he's divorced, to a father-son event on that Sunday. And I and I it made me really think about those times when I was with Nanamdi doing father-son bonding, like playing pool and things of that nature, play video games. And when I looked at my coworker as far as what he wanted to do with his son, I just couldn't say no to that to that type of request. Now, when I say that, I definitely don't share that to make me seem like some kind of superhero because I'm not. You know, I'm really just a father supporting another father to be the superhero to his child. Now, who can't support that? I know I couldn't have said no to that. You know, I've, as I said in the past, you know, Julian and Anandi, when we had those conversations, they would always share with me that all the memories that we shared, the primary thing they always remembered were the memories we shared, the times we spent together, not money that I spent or gifts that I gave. In continuing to talk about relationships, last Saturday, I had the opportunity to have brunch with elementary school friends, one of which came into town from Tampa. Another one I discovered lives five minutes away from me here in Hollywood, and then the other lives in Sunrise. We had such a good time eating and laughing and talking with one another, one another that even when the restaurant closed down and they were looking at us like, okay, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get out of here. <laughs> and they closed for brunch. We continued sitting around outside and talking for another like two and a half hours. I could imagine that if I didn't have to go off to work that night, we would likely, you would likely still find us talking outside of the restaurant right now, a week later, right this very minute. <laughs> but funny enough, during the course of the week, and even while thinking of other things while we were talking, one of the things that popped into my mind was, what do I talk about in this week's podcast? It was almost immediate when I was sitting with friends, thinking about missing my friend's birthday, and my coworker being there for his child. It made me think about the effect that healthy relationships have on our everyday lives. You know, when thinking about healthy relationships and healthy communication and the relationships we have, I thought about the conversations I recently had and those, you know, and, and really about those conversations and those conversations included, you know, being intentional about being in touch, you know, the conversations I was having with friends, conversations I was having with, with, with friends at that moment and other friends um, during the course of the week. And I really thought about, like I said, it was to be intentional about being in touch and really as how we get older, we really see that life surely becomes shorter which one which should have us cherish this time even more but even 
if you're not getting older, life is short. You want to cherish it. But I think there's something about when you get older, you really notice that a little more. The maintenance of healthy relationships, whether platonic or romantic, is just so very important as it contributes to our well-being. That well-being is crucial in our everyday lives. And, it's, and it is crucial in your re-entry journey. You know, funny enough, the woman I was dating during my initial time of re-entry, when I first came home, used to always talk about um, her being independent and the importance of her being independent and not needing anyone. And I would always debate her on that, especially when, you know, I was at the beginning of my re-entry journey. Because as human beings, we are an interdependent species. And we have a desire to be close to other people and build relationships. When one is incarcerated, one may feel that there's no other punishment that could apply to you. Once you're incarcerated, you're locked up. There's nothing else that one could do to you. But, that, but, there, but the continuous punishment and discipline that's executed while you're incarcerated and that's most utilized is solitary confinement or cell confinement. Why is that? E- even the prisons know that to restrict or to remove contact from other human beings is a significant punishment you could apply to someone because of our desire to be connected with one another. Going back to that young lady I was dating over 20 years ago, I do not know what she was going through at the time, but she always, always wanted to preach and proclaim her independence. But she always interacted and spoke with her parents and siblings all the time. They lived out of state. But, and I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. I thought it was great that she did that. But then she would turn around and be critical of me living with my family, even though I was on parole, just starting out my reentry journey. And I don't know if she was trying to make a point, trying to be passive aggressive. I have no idea. But despite bringing that to her attention, as far as her talking to her family all the time and saying that, you know, we, we do we're, we, we live in a place where we need one another, you know, she would get very defensive. But I'll communicate with her. And once again, like I told you, I would tell her there was nothing wrong with seeking and wanting the emotional support and interaction of and with your family. That doesn't make you less less independent. That's a good thing. But also, in that conversation, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, please do not declare to me that you are a super misindependent at the same time while trying to marginalize me, marginalize me as someone who loves being around their family. I loved being around my mom and my sister and my niece. I loved it. And to try to marginalize me to make me feel like I shouldn't feel that way, then I won't repeat the words that I used. But you could tell they were pretty strong words that I used. But you're criticizing me for wanting to do that, for loving that, for wanting to be around my family. Needless to say, I don't have to give you the ending of it because you know the ending. It created a great deal of arguments and obviously we're no longer together. Healthy relationships and healthy communication really go hand in hand. And there are always tips to keep in mind as to how to optimally have healthy communication with another person. Like I said, whether it's romantic or platonic. Dr. Sheehan Fisher, who is a relationship expert and from Northwestern Medicine, shares 10 tips for healthy communication in a relationship. Number one, remember, you are not speaking to yourself. Try to understand where the other person is coming from and their view of the world. Number two, be willing to hear something that doesn't always fall within what, you're, what you've predetermined to be true. How about that in our everyday lives right now? Be willing to hear something that doesn't fall within what you have perceived or predetermined to be true. Number three, listening without preparing your rebuttal or response. 
Number four, listen to each other and communicate without judgment. Number five, trust and respect each other. Number six, consistently make time for each other. Number seven, remember details about each other's lives. Number eight, engage in healthy activities together. Number nine, work collaboratively as a team rather than as self-serving individuals. And 10, be disciplined. When you're in a healthy relationship, people in healthy relationships have the discipline to not treat their counterpart poorly just because they're close. You know, for us to not take advantage of each other, take each other for granted. And like I said, this could be applicable to a romantic relationship, also could be uh, applicable to a platonic relationship. Now, those 10 tips that we just talked about, talked about healthy communication. Healthy, Healthy communication, as we have said, leads to healthy relationships which is beneficial to you, me, for all of us. Dr. Fisher also shared with us the five benefits of those healthy relationships. And those benefits are as follows. Number one, less stress. Knowing you're supported and loved, even if him, her, they are not physically present is certainly a boost to one's mental health. Number two, better healing. The emotional support that one has if one is going through a minor or mental, minor or major health crisis, it does promote better healing. Number three, healthier behaviors. Healthy relationships set the tone for an overall healthy lifestyle. When I began my reentry journey, the person who would go to the person who would go the most with me to the gym to work out and had regular workout routines was my mother. All the time, I I, I miss those times. Number four, a greater sense of purpose. Being in a loving and healthy environment can give one a greater sense of purpose as you are contributing more to just the well-being of yourself. You're contributing to the overall well-being of the family or living or interpersonal dynamic. Living living at home at the beginning of my relationship, seeing my niece was was just about to become two years old and becoming close with her. Becoming close with my with my sister at the beginning of her motherhood journey, parenting journey. And being close with my mother, you know, towards the end of her work journey, it was just incredible. You know, it gave me a sense of purpose because I didn't want to let them down. I wanted to be there for them. I wanted to be strong for them as much as they were being strong for me. And number five, a longer life. Research tells us that healthy relationships will add longevity to our lives. Having those healthy relationships to celebrate the good times and the sounding boards to help resolve the crooked paths put us in a healthier and optimal place to enable years to be added to our lives. That's self-explanatory. Who doesn't want that? Having those healthy relationships are so important. I know they they are important to you, and they're certainly important to me in my everyday life and no matter where I am in my reentry journey. Now, we have all these things to do. All of these things to do. Believe me, I'm there with you. We have work, we have school, we have kids, we have dreams to pursue, all the above and more in all points in between. I know how important that these healthy relationships are, and there are times work and obligations get in the way. They get in my way, just like I'm quite sure they get in your way. But just like anyone else, I really try my best to be intentional and be present for those who I cherish and for those who cherish me. It's an everyday process to nurture these relationships, but when you're breaking bread with folks that you love, that you, that you love and you love to be around, whether it's longtime old friends, work friends, family, loved ones, or a significant other, the reentry journey, your life, just became more fulfilled when these relationships are vibrant, strong, and 
most of all, healthy. Thank you as always for sharing your time with me. It is always welcome and appreciated. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.